Welcome to another episode of Complete Developer Podcast, the podcast by coders for coders about all aspects of creating your best life as a developer. I'm Will, the accomplished developer and aspiring software architect. And I'm Beach, the journeyman developer sharing my journey in development. Complete Developer Podcast is supported by listeners like you. We are now on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Complete Developer Podcast. Lots of us have side projects, whether these are for extra cash, are simply for amusement, or are intended to eventually replace our day jobs. It's very common for software developers to have something that they do on the side. A lot of us, both Will and myself included in there, dream of a day when we can escape the office and work on something that is fully ours. Our reasons for that are many. For many of us, The biggest reason we have a side project is so that we can do something creative and maybe even lucrative without someone else's decisions kind of screwing us over. And toward that end, if you are contemplating starting a side project, there are some things you need to keep in mind in order to keep your day job from interfering with or even damaging your side project. You also need to be careful that your side project doesn't create problems at your office as nothing spells trouble for side work as quickly as having to search for a new job. In this episode, we'll discuss some of the strategies that you can use to make sure that your work and your side project don't conflict with each other. But before we get started, Will, what have you been fighting this week? Well, I've had a lot happen. Mm -hmm. I'll kind of do it from smallest to largest. First thing is, I'm back to speaking. So I'll be speaking at Nashville Software School again next week. They've moved and they've got me back on the roster to do my usual talk. So I'm going over there and seeing the new digs. We'll see what happens there. I know this other guy that should be speaking out there too. So I'm going to try to make that happen. So that's uh, point number one. Point number two is I finished the proofs on my book on software development interviews last week. That book should be out sometime mid to late August. They haven't given me a real date. I'm hopeful. The next thing is, is I signed a contract for another book, (laughs) which, you know, I'm kind of slightly doubling down, but I think I'll be okay. You know, I write pretty quickly, so I'll be fine. And that one will probably be done by the end of the year at some point. The final thing I did, which is the big one that's weighing on my mind right now, is last Monday I resigned from my day job. Turned in my notice and my last day is August 9th. So I am probably going back to either contracting or consulting or a fully remote position. I'm still kind of working out some of the details. I've got some leads. And so one of those things will work out. Basically what happened is I got to the point where I realized that I just, I don't want to be in an office every day and I don't want to be in the office most days. Uh, With all the stuff I'm doing, losing two plus hours a day on the road and having to pay 20 bucks for lunch if I want to eat something that doesn't tear my stomach up, that starts to kind of hurt after a while. And so I hit a point of stress where I realized I needed to fix it. And so I did. So how about you? With all your lucrative book deal money coming in, I'm sure you're going to be fine on resigning from your job. I'm going to eat the good ramen. Yeah, right? (laughs) So 
I just got back from Codeland. Almost literally just got back. Good grief, my flight got delayed. It was Tuesday, and we're recording on Thursday, but still, it was, oh man. Ah, that was an interesting one. Um, I spoke on my journey through depression while I was there, and honestly, if y'all been around, you've been through quite a bit of the process. We started this podcast not long after my divorce was finalized. I think it was less than a year when we started recording. And so uh, you guys have been around for a lot of that and probably seen the changes in me over the years. One thing I didn't expect from the talk was how many people came up to me afterwards telling me uh, about their stories, struggling with depression and anxiety. I spoke in the morning. And so all day long, people were coming up and talking to me about it. And it was actually really awesome. I didn't realize I would get to influence or touch that many people with what I had to say. So I alluded to this. I was planning on flying back Tuesday morning and getting a full day's work in Tuesday. A bit crazy like that. I thought three hours of sleep, I could come back and do that. Nobody so, noticed the difference. Nope. Honestly, the plan was for me to shadow our UI lead and learn some UI stuff. So I wouldn't be actually coding. I'd just be watching him. But uh, I got to LaGuardia at 4 a.m. and found out that my flight, which was supposed to be at 6, was delayed until after 10. Thanks for the heads up, Southwest. (laughs) They knew the night before and didn't send me any notification. Anyways, I spent all day traveling. Then I got home and I was just wiped. I had planned on coming home and working the day and then resting, but... I crashed as soon as I got home and slept for a few hours, but then spent the next day trying to catch up on two days work. I got a lot finished, but then I was in the office today and now I get to write unit tests for all the stuff that I did uh, tomorrow. That's going to be fun. But it was a good trip overall. The only real hiccup was that issue with the flight back. So let's go ahead and move on into book club. We are right in the heart of power talk, using language to build authority and influence. Chapter five looks at transitioning between the two language types from the edge and from the center. In the beginning of the chapter, Dr. McGinty discusses several scenarios where you would start with one type of language and transition into the other, such as when you're starting your first job, You want to start more from the edge because you're a beginner. And as you grow, you'll transition to a stronger knowledge base and have more centered language as your comfort and authority on the subject matter grow. In the latter part of the chapter, she describes leadership and what it looks like to be a leader. Chapter six delves into electronic communication. (laughs) This book was written in 2001. So it is a fun look at the history of communication as it is pre-social media. Well, I take that back. We had MySpace and LiveJournal, but don't get me started on those. Yeah. iPhones were still six years away when this was published. The information is a little dated. The stuff on emails is useful, as most of us still use email at work. However, we're not really sending messages to beepers, and very few of us really use faxes anymore. The last section of that chapter, though, talks about backstage glimpses and what 
is good and is not good to present electronically to others. And this area is still relevant as we should monitor our communications and how we present ourselves. Who's talking to us this week? We got a comment on the Normalize Your Database episode from, I'm going to try to get this right, Didasa Pankaja Paranavitharana. Not real good with Sri Lanka names, but I recognize that that is one. I'm impressed. I would have done much worse. So yeah, I'm not that good with them either. But yeah, good job. Says, uh, this podcast has been very much helpful for me to stay productive during my commute time. I get to refresh my knowledge. Thank you very, very much. We started this to help me learn and help Will refresh his knowledge. Send us an email to waterbottle at completedeveloperpodcast.com because we've got a Complete Developer water bottle just for you. Guys, if you'd like your very own Complete Developer water bottle, leave us a review in iTunes or comment on the website or any of our social media. We post all of our episodes to LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter. We're also on Instagram and Tumblr, though it's been a while since I've posted on Instagram. I should post some stuff. I think I'll do that. Got to cover up all the uh, ads for sunglasses, if nothing else. I know our Insta got hacked, y'all. That's horrible. So if you see anything like that on our Insta, let us know. My sister was so great. Like she texted me right after it came out and she's like, I think you got hacked. I was really appreciative of it. Also, you can check us out each week on Facebook Live. We talk about what's going on in the tech world and answer some listener questions or join the conversation anytime via Slack by going to slack.completedevelopernetwork.com. Many of us, if not most of us, have side projects from time to time. Whether we are doing development work after hours, running a side business, selling products, or just doing creative work like this podcast, side projects come with a number of challenges that can cause problems at work. In particular, you have to be very careful that not only does your side project not interfere with your day job, but that it doesn't even appear to do so. Additionally, if you want your side project to be successful, You also have to make sure that your day job doesn't interfere with it in a way that causes it to fail. This balance can be very tricky to maintain. We also want to point out that these problems are especially painful if your side project is actually generating revenue. While you may have hobbies and other interests outside of work, employers are often more understanding when you casually mention them in conversation or can't stay late because you have a game. With side hustles, employers are very likely to take offense that they even exist, much less that you aren't willing to throw them away for the sake of the company. Yeah, it's vitally important both to your day job and any side hustle that you have going that you set appropriate boundaries and expectations. This can be a really tricky tightrope to walk as problems can occur during work hours with your side hustle and work can sometimes have obligations and emergencies that impinge on your ability to meet your goals with your side project. Problems with your side project that interfere with work can get you fired, so it's important to keep clear and consistent boundaries between them. So first off, we're going to discuss deciding when or if to disclose your side project to your work. And just to start out, there is probably no real reason for your boss to know about your side work at all. In fact, disclosing side projects to certain personality types can often make them blame your project for their own failings. So, for instance, if a deadline gets missed, it's because of your side project, not because you tried to pack, you know, 160 hours worth of work in a one-week sprint. 
Yeah. The thing is, certain jobs where you do have to have those disclosures and stuff. So there's a balance here with it. Because what we do is sort of educational media, I do have to disclose that. Right. And I've had to contractually as well at my day job. Yeah. Though I also, you know, carry around swag with me and I go into the office with a complete developer coffee mug every time I'm in the office. So it's kind of obvious. Yeah. (laughs) But that said, you really need to carefully consider why your boss and or coworkers even need to know about the side project in the first place before you talk about it. Mm -hmm. What are the ground rules for that? And is there a good reason versus I'm just going to tell them because I tell everything I know. Yeah. I'm bad about that. Three, two, one, connect, pass it on. The shows on uh, (laughs) PBS were some of my favorites. I'd learn something new. Pass it on. I've seen you do it. (laughs) Yep. That's, Kind of how this podcast got yeah, started. Yeah, really it is. It's good for viral marketing, but you know, in a day job, it can be kind of a problem. But on that, if you do disclose it, you got to be extremely cautious about your timing. Yeah, don't ever do this if you think the company is having cash flow issues or if there's you know layoffs coming or there's new management coming in. You know, Basically, you want this to be disclosed when everybody's happy and things are stable. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember years ago, I was at a job and it was early in the podcast. Their sprints ended on Tuesdays and they wanted me to work late on Mondays and they wanted me to work late on Mondays on a regular basis. And I was like, no, I have plans on Mondays. And it got brought up, well, it's it's your podcast. And so I was asked, well, are you making money with that podcast? I was like, no, no, we're not. Because then they, you know, what are you going to say to that? It's my hobby. Yeah. You know, the thing is like the regular overwork. I mean, we could have probably rescheduled the nights and all that. But the thing of them being able to reach into your personal time. No, I wasn't going to do that. You're not going to be able to have a side project. Yeah. Now, feel free to mention your side project when the company's doing well and the market for developers is tight. Right now in Nashville, you're probably okay. Because it's ridiculous what the salaries are and how fast they're going up. Speaking of that, I got a message from a recruiter for a uh, front-end developer job that pays a lot more than I'm making right now. It's in the private sector, obviously. I was like, um, interesting that they're paying that much for my level. Yeah, it's a good time to have something and to mention it. I would not do it if, I don't know, let's say... The real estate market just popped like 2008, 2009-ish, you know, like I did at a previous job. That engendered hostility, and it's not a real good idea. You also want to be very cautious about your why. Like you don't tell them I'm doing this because my day job sucks, and I hope to be able to give you people the finger and walk out the door. That's probably not going to get you any friends, (laughs) even if it's true. The thing is, it's an opportunity that might yield a little cash, but will also help you build skills for your long-term career. This is the point that you want to make with it. I know, other than that one instance where I refused to let them tell me I had to work over on a specific day, they really liked the podcast because I actually had one lead developer once tell me, he's like, yeah, 
if we want something researched, we just tell you that it would make a really good podcast episode. Yep. And then like a month later, you've done like more research than three other people because you go full med student. Yeah. <laughs> and I've had people do the same thing to me and it works. Yeah. You also need to be careful about the information you disclose as part of why. You don't want them thinking that you're looking for another job when you aren't or when you are, for that matter. Like you just don't want them thinking that until it's to your advantage. What you want to do is you want to make it look like you are bettering yourself and that's going to benefit them. That's the angle that you really want to take on it. The next thing you need to be careful about is deciding what to disclose about your side project and who you disclose it to. If you bring up your side projects, you need to be very careful as far as what information you give out. This is also true if you are close friends with people in your office. People that are happy for you will tend to spread good news faster than anyone else. And that's a key thing. I have said this because I'm on a few of like the creative team and some of the planning stuff at church. And I've told them, I'm like, look, y'all know me. I get excited about stuff and I am gregarious and loquacious and I'm going to go out and find everyone and tell them about it, especially if I'm excited about it. So if it's something that we don't want the entire church knowing about, tell me, don't hide it from me. Just say, hey, this is something we're going to surprise them with. Like recently on a Sunday was our pastor's birthday. Like his birthday happened to be on a Sunday. So we surprised him. The band surprised him by playing Happy Birthday, and we brought out a cake for him, and we had cupcakes and everything for the congregation. Oh, so it was at the actual church? Because it would have been funny if it was like at his house at night. It's oh. <laughs> <laughs> random, 2 o'clock in the morning. Here's the band. Yeah, here's the band playing Happy Birthday in your and lawn. you get that no, one no, guy no. with bagpipes, because people like that are going to yeah, show up. Yeah. Right, right, right. No, 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 no. This is like right at the end of worship. Usually what they do is, he finishes out the sermon. He like does kind of like the prayer and announcements while they're playing in the background. And then when people get up to leave, they play like a chorus or two or something from the last song. And so while they were doing that, right as he finished up everything, right before he dismissed everyone, the band just sort of stopped playing and they kind of held the note on the synth. And then they went into happy birthday. It was awesome. Like it flowed. I was up in the booth. I'd been there for practice when they did it and got to mix it, but I'm not yet at the point of mixing live. I do that this Saturday. That's cool. Yeah. So it was really neat, but I knew about it a week beforehand and they told me, they're like, Hey, this is a surprise. Nobody knows except for us. And they have to tell me that because, and I've told them, I'm like, look, if you don't tell me that, I assume it's allowed to be told to everyone. If you tell me that, it won't get out. Telephone, telefax, tell BJ, mass communication. Works. Telephone, telegraph, telebeach. Yeah, telebeach. There you go. See that on a shirt? (laughs) That won't be misinterpreted by anybody. The next thing is you don't want to bring up your side projects in unrelated conversations. Yes, this is really irritating. I had a coworker who had a side business who brought it up in company meetings. Now, I've had several that have done this. But this one guy was selling knives, like really nice, like filet knives and stuff. He had like 50 knives in his desk. He was like selling them at work. And you're going, dude, this is a corporate secured area. Like I have to scan a card to get in here. Like, I mean, they're nice knives. I bought one, but. Was it like the kitchen knives? Like that's a pyramid scheme. Oh, yeah. 
Uh, it was totally a pyramid scheme, and he was getting ripped off. I remember going to like their introductory thing in college. In college yes, is the same brand. Yeah, I would buy knives from them because it, they're actually good knives. Yeah, they are. But yeah, <laughs> they're real good for filleting fish. But holy cow, it's yeah. really frustrating when people bring these up in unrelated conversations, and it's like you know. The CEO is going, you know, just cut through the BS, John. And somebody just pipes up, well, you could really cut through the BS with my Turbo Ginsu. And that's not the real name. (laughs) No, 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 don't do that. (laughs) That's real bad. You don't want to ever look like you're selling something on the clock. No, you don't want to distract from everything else either. Though I did mention this podcast. (laughs) But it was in relation to what we were talking about. Yeah, I mean, I've sent show notes to people and, you know, along with the outline to go, hey, you know, here's some information on that because there's a lot of links and stuff like that. That's kind of okay. I would say that that's right on the border of the gray area, though. I did that just the other day for the episode that came out today to our QA lead because she was literally talking about design patterns in testing and automated testing and asking me questions about test automation. I'm like, let me give you some information. Because yeah. it turns out I have a text file. <laughs> yeah, it's real handy. But now another thing you should never do is you should never, ever talk about your side project with clients of the company in the presence of clients of the company or in a place where you can be overheard by clients of the company. So like if they're in the office you know, and you're loudly talking about your side thing, that can backfire even worse. It can lead to conversations that make it look like you're trying to sell to clients. So if they ask you for more information and then you're talking the stuff up and the CEO walks by, that's kind of bad. Yep. Your side project just became your full-time yeah. job because <laughs> you ain't got a job. Exactly. <laughs> it can really be a fireable offense, you know, trying to sell to clients. Yeah. This is precarious. Even if the client isn't a potential customer of whatever you're selling, they may still get it in their head to try and hire you away from your employer. Right, because they think you're upset with your job because he's doing something on the side, so obviously he's not happy. So, hey, I know the guy's got skills. I'll just hire him off. Yeah, it's funny because this sort of is a side project that we're trying to make more profitable, but uh, I love my day job. And I don't ever expect a podcast, especially in today's market, to be a full-time job. That would be cool, though, wouldn't it? (laughs) Yeah. If we got paid full time to just sit and talk. Yeah, if anybody's got a wheelbarrow of cash they can push over here, that's cool too, yeah. but more than likely not. I would absolutely love to get paid a developer salary to just sit and talk into a microphone. Yeah. I know you would. <laughs> 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 the other thing about this is like when you bring this stuff up in the presence of clients, even if you don't get fired and even if it's not a violation of your workplace policy, which I don't see how it wouldn't be, it really looks unprofessional. And so this can bite you at review time. Where your boss mm-hmm. is like, well, you're always talking about this stuff and you're, you're not working hard, even if you are. You know, it's going to be brought up. The next thing that you have to consider or not do really is use of company resources, time, or personnel. You never want to give the appearance even of using company equipment for your project. And this includes printing, using your work desktop for writing code for your project after hours, those kind of things. Printing is an especially bad one that I've seen people do. I mean, I've seen people send bulk letters for their side project, like print them off. Here's 203 page letters. 
I'm going to print mm-hmm. this on the inkjet over here and nobody's going to notice. Like, what? <laughs> you know? Yeah, no. I don't even take my work laptop when I go to conferences yeah. to speak because I go as a co-host of Complete Developer Podcast, not as an employee of my job. Because if I was doing that, I'd have to go through like this whole process to get permission to go speak. But if they don't know what my day job is, then it doesn't matter. But I don't bring that up. I don't mention it. I don't give talks on being a government employee or anything like that. That's not related to what I talk about. And honestly, if you meet me at a conference, unless you know me personally or have a side conversation with me, you probably don't even know that I work for the government because I don't bring it up. I talk about the podcast. I say I have a job in development. You know, I'm a software developer. That's about it. (laughs) You know, I'll bring my laptop in and work on lunch break sometimes, but they do have a public Wi-Fi there. And, you know, I do have an email from management saying it's okay to use that or Mm -hmm. whatever, but I don't connect to the main network. I'm not using any of their stuff. I'm not sitting at my desk. I'm sitting at a table where it's very obvious that I'm not working on my stuff at my desk. It just kind of helps a lot. Now, if you're in a place that doesn't have like a public Wi-Fi, you may just want to tether to your phone, but be really careful about not even appearing to use company resources. Yeah. For your side stuff, it's better to create a completely different profile and everything so that your passwords and bookmarks aren't even available on your work. Yeah, like your Chrome profile, for instance. Yeah, I don't do that. I don't either on that one. (laughs) But for the podcast, just because I actually share resources because the podcast is an educational thing. So sometimes I'll look stuff up for the podcast and then I'll be working on something at work. I'm like, man, I looked up this resource for the podcast. Let me go in there and pull it out because it actually saves time and benefits my employer. Yeah. So <laughs> I haven't gotten any complaints about that. And the big thing is, is if somebody does sign on to your account and they can see your side hustle stuff, you know, for whatever yeah. reason, that could look bad, especially if they don't know you well. Now, the exception to these rules might be the use of a personal email account if that's allowed. So like I've got my Yahoo account and all that kind of stuff that occasionally gets messages related to the side business. However, Mm -hmm. while this is often allowed, it can be kind of a bad idea. You know, if you're getting a lot of messages on there, especially if they think that you're answering them on the clock, whether you are or not, the perception thing can really start a snowball of problems. Similarly, never give the appearance of using your coworker's time while on the clock for your project. This means that if you have a really nasty regex issue that the girl down the hall can fix in like five seconds, those five seconds cannot be on the clock. Right. And it's probably okay to rarely ask for help on something, but don't even let the request cross company equipment or occur in the building. So if you don't know them well enough to ask them for help outside the office, you probably shouldn't ask them in the office for stuff on your side project. It's basically the rule here. You should also be careful about being in the building at odd times. Yeah, if you've got a side project, you need to understand that people get paranoid in a way that you really have to experience to understand. If anything happens, this makes you and your side project a target, even if you aren't doing anything unethical. So you're in the building at 10 o'clock at night, Because the area that 
you work in is a really nice ritzy area and they got nice restaurants and you're driving home and you had to go to the bathroom and you just went into the office and used the restroom there. And then you hung out for 20 minutes because you wanted to check your email that will show up. And that's a real bad idea. That's a real easy way to get people digging and they're digging to find something. So they will eventually. Mm -hmm. Thing is, it's not really whether they can prove anything. It's a matter of them wasting your time and sometimes here in Tennessee, we're a right to work state, so they don't have to prove that you've done anything wrong. If they just get it in the heads of the right people, you can lose your job and have not done anything wrong at yeah. all. And it can also get people scrutinizing you. So like they're watching when you leave the building and when you come in and all that kind of stuff. And mm -hmm. they're just waiting for you to mess up. You don't want to create that dynamic. Now. These suggestions really sound paranoid and sound like a person should treat the office as hostile territory. And that's exactly what I'm telling you. If you have a side project, I mean, the idea is to keep it from being hostile territory. It's not currently, but lack of caution has caused problems for a lot of people because it can flip to being hostile territory a lot faster than you can react to. Well, this episode is about boundaries. And it's easier to enforce solid boundaries on work-related stuff if you aren't bringing your personal stuff into work. Right. This is even more the case when you work from home. Yes. And I work from home four days a week. I am lucky I have a work-provided laptop. And so I can limit all of my work to just that laptop for work. Yeah. And when I'm not doing work stuff, I'm not on that laptop. I get on my personal laptop to do non-work related stuff. And I remote into my office. So yeah. it's, you know, RDP over SSH and all that kind of stuff. And none of their code is on my machine and vice versa. Right. That's a very key element to have here. Yeah. And if I was working for somebody and having to use my personal machine, I would probably put their stuff in a VM separate. Yeah. Because otherwise you get configuration stuff too. So it's just not a good idea. And speaking yeah. of keeping the company out of your stuff, part of the reason you don't want your stuff on company machines is that it means that you have to trust the company. Mm -hmm. So like your network administrator or an intruder on the network that has gotten elevated permissions could easily install a keylogger. Somebody could walk by your desk and put one on too. They could also change your password and utilize any saved passwords you have on the system. Right. So like your Chrome profile, for yeah. instance. They can screen cap and monitor network logs to see where you're going and what you're doing online. I mean, HTTPS helps with this, but they can still see the sites. Mm -hmm. You know, if they can see the sites and they can change your password, it's real easy to just go in there and get at your stuff. So you could get sabotaged. You could get, you know, some kind of breach. All kinds of really bad things can happen. It can also be used by a attacker to sit there and go, hey, this guy's going to be the fall guy because he's running a side business on the company machine. Yeah. While it's unlikely that a reputable employer would go to the effort of doing something illegal, if your employer did damage your side business accidentally and it harmed your customers, that cost is going to land on you. Yeah. Because you're not going to be able to argue that, you know, I was using your equipment and you broke my stuff that I was running on your equipment without your consent. Like, that's going to be a really quick courtroom conversation in which yeah. your lawyer is just going to get up and walk away. Mm -hmm. 
You also want to keep them out of your time. And this is something that I really focus on is separating my work time, like working remote, separating that work time from other times. I'm very, very strict about that. When I am working, I am fully dedicated to working. When I am not working, if it's something or someone that, you know, sends me a private text or something, I might be polite. You know, I'm not going to be rude. I'm going to be polite and say, hey, I'll look at it in the morning or something like that. There have been many times where I've said, hey, I'll look at this in the morning. I cannot tell you how much that phrase has meant to so many people because it says, yes, I acknowledge that you have an issue. I acknowledge something is up. I'm not ignoring you. But it also sets that boundary of it's not work time now. I will look at it during work time. This structure is usually necessary to make side projects work well anyway. You got to have blocks of uninterrupted time, probably, especially building something new. Like you really need that. And having a phone go off in the middle of that and having to drop everything and handle it, that means your side project will not exist. You also Mm -hmm. have to keep your employer from scheduling this time. So, for instance, with our podcast, you know, if it's like, look, Thursday nights, I'm not going to be at the office. It's not a thing that's going to happen. And they're well aware of that, excepting Mm -hmm. some, you know, really extreme circumstances. We have made transitions. I know last month we did several episodes on a Monday night because we both had stuff going on on Thursdays. Some of it was work related. Some of it wasn't. We have moved things around, but we try to maintain a consistent, this is when we do things. Now that said, we have actually pushed back our time and we'll probably have to push it back a little bit more as the project I'm on gets going because my day in the office has moved from Wednesdays to Thursdays. Yeah. Which has has caused a little bit of a pain point for us, but we're working with it and we work around what we've got. And that's the thing with a side project is you do kind of have to work around. It is a side project. You're not making a living off of it, so you can't over-prioritize it, but at the same time, you don't let the day job destroy it. Now, don't tell your manager necessarily that this is for the side project. Schedule time, <laughs> yeah. just I have other plans. Mm-hmm. I've had to do this repeatedly and had coworkers kind of get agitated with me because I'm like, I'm not going to reschedule my life just because there's an emergency. You might have to be willing to compromise a little bit on your side project time. If there are emergencies at work, that's kind of normal. However, when emergencies start becoming the normal state of affairs, there's something wrong. Well, they're no longer emergencies. Right, they're just bad planning. If you find your side project time is always or on a regular basis getting taken over by work, you either need to reschedule it, push back on work for using up your time, or find another position. This is what we're kind of talking about, where recently my day in the office got moved from Wednesdays to Thursdays. And that was not a matter of my work being inappropriate or trying to take over time that wasn't allotted to them. It was just moving things around. So now I have to deal with travel time on the day that I used to have at home where we could start the podcast recordings earlier. Now we have to deal with that. And so we're working around. This is one of those times where you work around the work schedule. Thing is, Don't let a job, no matter how good it is, destroy the time you need for your side project if your ultimate goal is to 
own a side project. Yeah. Never let somebody take your self-actualization away from you mm-hmm. because you'll regret it basically from now on. The other thing with that is you shouldn't do a side hustle unless you're motivated to spend the time and effort and energy that it takes to do that. If you're that motivated, you're not going to let a random member of management destroy it for you. You're going to find a way around yeah. it. Now, there is also the phenomenon of really passive-aggressive managers who will sometimes try to set things up to damage your side hustle, especially if they know enough about it to be able to do so. So mm-hmm. don't let them. That's part of the reason I'm like, don't disclose a whole lot of information because it just it's an attack surface, essentially. Another thing that can be a real issue with side projects is allowing your work to damage your emotional state such that your side hustle suffers. And I've suffered with this at different points. And I know you probably have too, but I can tell you for a fact that I have. It can be really difficult if you have management that is abrasive or you've got too much work or you're overloaded or, you know, whatever, there's stuff going on at work or your environment's unpredictable. Like when you come home, it's hard to work on your side project because you're just fried or you're just emotionally drained. Yeah. There have been times like that. This is one of the benefits of having two of us working on this because, for example, this week was my week to write an episode. And when Will messaged me Sunday saying, hey, I know you're flying up to New York. You've got a lot going on this week. Do you want me to write the episode? Because he had the idea for this. He'd been talking about it for a while, but he was motivated to write it. I said, hey, man, this talk was really, I won't say it's stressing me out, but it was emotionally taxing to go through the process because like, I walked the audience through the falling in love with my ex-wife and the excitement that I had and then brought them down into that pit of despair that I was in and back out. And it was emotionally taxing. And so when he offered to do that, I was like, yes, please. One of the nice things about having two of us on this is, hey, you know, I'm drained. Can you write the episode this week? And he's done the same to me where he's like, especially when he was working on the book and he had a deadline and stuff. There was a couple of times where I wrote the episodes when it was his week because he was like, I can try to knock something out. I'm like, man, I got an idea. Don't worry about it. I got it. So like we back and forth on that a lot. Now, one thing I've done to kind of mitigate that problem is to get up really early and work on my side hustle. And then work doesn't get to burn me out. They get what's left just as an aside. Now, let's talk a little bit about what happens when something goes wrong in the side hustle. So if you have people paying you for something and there is a problem, then you're probably going to be expected to solve it fairly quickly. Yeah. In general, if you bring a laptop in to work with you and try to correct some problems during lunch, you at least have a bit of wiggle room. You probably shouldn't take your lunch at a weird time to try and solve problems on your side project. Yeah, 9.30 a.m. lunch is uh, (laughs) not going to fly. Unless it's super critical. I mean, there's one or two times very early on in the podcast, this is before I was even in a development role where I was working in sales, doing traveling sales, that the episode didn't drop. Just back when we were dropping it at seven in the morning. And I got a call from, oh my, that was back when Jason was alive because he was the one that called me. 
I got a call from Jason. I was like, hey, man, episode didn't come out. And I was like, "Uh uh-oh. So I just went over to a coffee shop, got my laptop out and worked on it. You know, took a break and still got my full day work in. But sometimes you have to do that when it's an emergency. Yeah. The other thing you need to be doing to avoid this, though, is the processes on your side project need to be tested very thoroughly before being rolled out. Like if you're in the habit of slinging code at the wall at work and then pushing it out, you can't do that on your side project because your work is probably chaos anyway. (laughs) So you don't want your side project Mm -hmm. to be the same thing because then you're going to probably at some point be forced to choose between them. Yeah, that's true. That's actually why we started publishing at midnight and then it changed to 1 a.m. to get our stats right because of time zones. But uh, because if we published then, I could get up early the day that it came out and check that it came out. And if not, I had an hour or two before I had to go in or actually go to my first meeting. This is, like I said, still back when I was doing sales before I was a developer. And now it's, well, it comes out on Thursday. So it's before I leave, I can check that it came out. (laughs) And speaking of leaving, you should think carefully about when you do your deployments. Deploying on Sunday night before a work week is probably not a really good idea because everything goes wrong on Mondays. Most places, Mm -hmm. that's the day that everything's kind of bad. Friday at lunch or Friday evening when you get home is probably smarter. Yeah, then you have the weekend. And if your app is being used by business people, the load is lower. And so the number of people that experience the problem is also lower. Mm -hmm. Before particularly large deployments, sales and the like, you may want to actually schedule a day off to handle any issues. If you schedule that day off, don't mention the side hustle as a reason. It's a vacation day. They don't need to know. Now, Speaking at conferences really isn't a side hustle for me because they let me count conference days as training. And like my boss is really cool about, all right, you get to speak at conferences because of the podcast and you use that as your work thing. So you're not associating with us. But I always schedule a travel day, vacation day off if I need to. Like most conferences are. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. If it's going to be a lot of travel, I'll take Wednesday off and travel. But this one was a Monday for the conference. And so I traveled on Sunday and I thoroughly planned on working a full day Tuesday, but I requested the day off work. I actually got a text Monday afternoon from uh, my architect going, hey, I heard in the meeting that you are off tomorrow. And I'm like, yeah, I requested it off so that if anything went wrong with travel, that I wouldn't be like hurting any plans and stuff. He's like, that's smart, man. I didn't schedule you for anything, you know, like any commitments this week because of that. I'm like, yeah, awesome. So when things blew up, no big deal. You know, well, speaking of things blowing up, stuff blows up at work, too. Most of us have had things go wrong at work. If you haven't, I really don't know who you are. We've never talked. I can tell you. And work stuff will interfere with side project work. And this can result from a client system falling over after hours. It can also result from a project manager packing too much stuff in during a sprint and forcing you to stay late to finish everything, to hit a deadline. If you're doing fragile, agile, or punishment-driven development, you're well aware of how this particular thing feels. 
It can also be due to deployment or maintenance windows that occur after hours because a lot of companies do like to try to roll out when usage is low or non-existent. Right. You need to have a fairly flexible schedule in regards to your side project. Will and I have done this with a podcast. What this means is that you generally can't promise customers an exact time when a deployment will happen. A change will be made or an issue will go away because your day job does take priority. That's who is paying the bills. If work does have you working after hours, you should be getting compensated for it or at least getting something like flex time. Where I work, we get comp time. So as soon as like that's over with, it's extra PTO that I have. If you don't have either of those, you need to make that happen or start looking for another job that's more accommodating. You also can find yourself in a situation where work has continuous emergencies. A lot of times they'll cut personnel if they're having cash flow problems and they cut personnel that they don't really know how to replace because they don't actually know what everybody does. Really? I've worked at companies where the guy that writes all the deployment code got fired and then nobody knew how to deploy the software because it wasn't documented anywhere. And this kind of can create a lot of emergencies. And some jobs are just always in that state because management doesn't or cannot manage. These are kind of emergencies in the same sense that running out of gas in your car is an emergency. It could have been avoided. It was really just stupid. Mm -hmm. It's really important here to understand that you need to be careful about subsidizing your employer's bad habits by damaging your side hustle. They will never return the favor. So if they're not managing and they're not making sure time is well used during the day and then you're losing your side project time to cover that, they will never pay you for that time. They will never pay you the potential lost money. They will never go, hey, you can take some time off, right? If they have busted processes and you're subsidizing them, they don't know they're busted. Yeah. If you're considering a side hustle, but you have an employer like this, you might want to think about changing your day job before you start your side hustle. Now, next, you need to consider when you need time off for the side hustle. There will be certain expected events in your side hustle where you need to take time off. Deployments, sales visits with clients, live webinars, podcast recordings, these things may be scheduled during work hours. Your systems may go down in a sudden and catastrophic manner. Now, let's talk about how to do this. You probably do need to be fairly honest, but don't leak information. Don't tell them anything that they don't need to know. You should be able to take vacation days, especially when you plan in advance without justifying them to management, right? Because people do medical stuff on vacation days that they don't want to talk about. And sometimes, I mean, this is probably more difficult for me than Will. He's a bit more private about his life, whereas I tend to tell everyone everything because I get excited and just like, I'm doing this. It's so awesome. Because that's my personality. And so I have to watch it. For example, a while back, we had a really cool guest on. But the only time that that guest was able to be on was during a weekday. And so Will and I both took a day off work to do that. 
Now, I also ended up doing like five other things that day because it was only an hour to do that recording. But we both took the time off work because we weren't going to do that during the work day. That would not only be unethical, but it's just that causes all sorts of issues. We took the day off work. We both took vacation time and did that. And I don't know what you did the rest of your day, but I know I went hiking and a couple other things. Like it was, I enjoyed the rest of my day. (laughs) If it's the day that we're talking about, that's actually when I turned in my notice. But it's another, that's an aside. But yeah, it's harder from an HR perspective to deny somebody time off because they need time off and they ask for vacation than it is to deny them time off because they're working on a side project. Like Mm -hmm. if your manager doesn't completely know and they're just like, hey, they ask for time off. It's one of those things that they're just going to be less likely to pry and they're going to be less likely to deny it because, Mm -hmm. you know, you may just be going to see a sick relative and they don't want to be the bad guy. Yeah. They're happy to be the bad guy if you got a side hustle because that's a threat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you may be taking time off because your girlfriend's grandmother passed away and you want to go to the funeral with yeah. her or, you know, something like that. So you don't want to talk about that because, you know, it's a personal thing, but you need the time off. So you don't have to tell them why you're taking the time off, though. If they ask, don't lie about it. Yeah, If you lie it's going to get discovered and then it's going to cause problems because they're going to be like, all right, well, if you're lying about this, what else are you lying about? But if they ask and you're like, Oh, Hey, you know, we have this really awesome interview with this really cool person that they can only do during the day. So we wanted to take the afternoon off to do that. That's cool. Some time off events may precede you resigning your job. Right. So if you're close to breaking free on a side hustle and landing you know, one more client means that you can quit your day job. You may come back from a sales visit to that client and need to turn in your notice of resignation. Mm-hmm. Be sure that if you do this, that you communicate well with both the client and your employer and give the employer enough time to come up with a way to transition. In other words, don't come back and go, I quit and I'm packing a box right now. Do this like a professional. Even if you do you know, have the ability to even make more money if you leave quicker, it's probably a bad idea to burn a bridge. Yeah, you really want to avoid burning those bridges. And generally speaking, people remember that. Your employer is going to appreciate it. They may have interactions with future customers of yours. They may have interactions with future employers of yours. So you want to keep that relationship if you can. Now, finally, we're going to talk about when to think about leaving your day job. Yeah, so if you got a side hustle and you think it's going to grow to the point where you can quit your job, You need to have a clear picture about what that looks like. Even with a bad employment situation, you probably don't want to suddenly quit without notice. I will say that I've gotten very close a couple of times to just walking out and bailing. I met jobs when I was younger and didn't. But side hustles are risky and you need to quit in such a way that the employer would welcome you back if things don't work out or they'd give you a good reference or they're at least not going to talk trash about you. I mean, we've already mentioned that it's possible that your employer could be a future client. Honestly, you'd be surprised how often that I've happens. I've got several like that that will periodically call me with stuff. Your understanding of when to leave should take your finances into account as well, unless you have another plan to make money in the interim. You also don't want to leave without at least some percentage of your current salary coming in as revenue. Yeah, I've seen people that have quit jobs because they had an idea. 
Mm-hmm. And holy cow, man, that's not what you do at all. If you got yeah. an idea and you don't have revenue, you will be shocked at how long it takes a good idea to put money in your bank account. There's all these internet things about, oh, in 48 hours, I built a business. It's like, no, in 48 hours, you built a website. You don't yeah. have a sustained system to put the money in your account in that amount of time to the degree that you can live off of it, unless you've got a huge amount of savings and have already found your discount card to get lots of ramen noodles and plan to live off of those, which I've also done. The ramen's not bad. It's not bad. You put t- Taco Bell hot sauce on it, mix it in there, and it's like spicy ramen. It's not so bad. You can live on it for quite some time, but you really don't want to do that if you're past, say, 24, 25, because, yeah, it gets Mm -hmm. old real quick. Also, it's going to help you leave in a good way if you're running towards something rather than away from something. Yeah. Now, you should also try to time your exit better than other employees because you can if you've taken your finances into account. Now, this means trying to make sure that your exit doesn't cause problems with major deadlines, trade shows, things like that, that may be coming up. Yeah, you should generally try to protect your team when you leave, whether you like them or not. Because people will remember, hey, he suddenly left and we were you know, working 80-hour weeks for two months while we try to get a replacement. People don't like that. Even mm-hmm. if you're running to something good and they completely understand it, people don't remember the good thing. They just remember you leaving. Remember how you made them feel. And having money coming in on your side projects makes it where you can do this and you can leave in a better way that allows the transition to happen. No. Guys, keeping your day job and your side project from interfering with each other takes a lot of practice. There can often be conflicting priorities between the two that you'll need to navigate in order to be successful. You shouldn't let your employer destroy your side projects, but you cannot let your side projects interfere in work either. If you truly want to run something on the side, it has to survive long enough to make a living. However, you still have to eat right now. You have to play the game intellectually, or you'll find your day job and your side project at odds. That pretty much wraps us up before we close everything out. Will, What do you have for us this week for Tricks of the Trade? Well, I'm going to talk about something that I have done for, I don't know, quite a while, I guess, probably 10 years at least. When you first feel the urge to leave a job and you're like, this isn't working out, actually write your resignation letter and then sit on it for like six weeks or four weeks or something, you know, sit on it for long enough to cool off and then go back and look at it. And Every time you feel the urge to leave, change the wording to fit that situation and then sit on it. You'll find that most of the time it really gets rid of the reactiveness of it. And when you come back and you reread it again, you're like, "Ah, eh, that's not a good enough reason to go or this has other problems with it. It's not just this one thing. It's this is a consistent pattern. It will make you smarter about the decision whether to leave or not. And so I just really suggest doing that. You want to be able to have some kind of filter in there to to essentially say, hey, is this a bad day or is it a bad job? You know, it's a bad day when your boss chews you out. It's a bad job when your boss chews you out every Monday. And you need to have some way of getting the analytical overlay and the emotion off of the top of it so you can actually figure out when it's time to go. Now, my job, you know, I'm obviously leaving. It's a good job and it's a good company. It's 
great team of people. And I actually left, you know, probably kind of later than I should have because, you know, it was a really good position and I really do like the people there. And I had a letter like this sitting there and that helped me evaluate when the time was right and when it was appropriate for me to go and when I was doing it for the right reasons. And so I just strongly encourage you to do that because it is really, really helpful. That's all I got. Stand by for Titanfall. If you have a question or comment, please email us at neckbeards at completedeveloperpodcast.com. Our theme music is an excerpt from Stand By for Titanfall by Pure Bells, available on SoundCloud and licensed through Creative Commons. The intro music for IOTs is Hillbilly Hip Hop by Jason Belcher. For references, show notes, and to sign up for weekly emails with extra tips and insights, be sure to check out the website at completedeveloperpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at CompleteDevPod and like our page on Facebook to keep up with news about the show. Catch us each week as we broadcast live, talking about what's going on in the tech world and answering listener questions. Learn more about all of our shows and groups by going to CompleteDevelopernetwork.com where you'll find links to Junior Developer Toolbox, Developer Launchpad, and our other communities. Thanks for listening. See you next time.